Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am Chris, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Ben, and we are here to talk football. This is episode one of what will hopefully be many in our podcast adventure, and we're going to start right off the bat with a fan question. Uh, This question comes from Mr. Hype Callow uh, on Twitter. His question is, is, are the 49ers for real? Or are they just doing well because their schedule is not great? Uh, the schedule argument. The let's punish them because they do what they have to do argument. Right. I hate that argument. Yes, the 49ers are for real. Are they going to go 16-0? No. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Who knows? But they are for real. Yes, 100%. They are a legitimate team with a legitimate defense. An offense that seems to be getting better every week. They're second overall point, so I'd say the offense can do something, right? Yeah, that's both undefeated teams currently. Right. Not not to avoid the question and go to the Patriots, but both undefeated teams are, are hearing the same thing. Easy schedule, easy schedule. Well, you want to lose those games instead and then hear, oh, you couldn't even beat crappy teams. How are you going to beat good teams? No, you, gotta, you have to win the bad games too. That's the mark of a good team. Right. You You – just looking at their defense, they're, they're fourth in points against, they're second against the run, and they're first against the pass. Now, did they pay some crappy teams? Yeah, but if, if you play crappy teams, i.e., they played Cincinnati, and I don't know if we count Pittsburgh as a crappy team because they're dealing with major injury uh, at quarterback, and now a second major injury as a quarterback. Um, but... You play the teams that are on your schedule. Yep. That's all you can do. All you can do. The schedules are laid out each year. They're structured so you're playing somewhat comparable competition. Because if you're not playing, you play – how it goes is you play your division twice. You play a rotating division in the conference each year. And you play a rotating division at a conference each year. The leftover of your schedule is the teams that are – equal in the standings of their own division. So if the 49ers ended up, I think they were fourth in their division, maybe, then whatever is left for their schedule is the fourth fourth place in each division. And as we all know, nothing ever changes from year to year in the NFL. Everything's always the same. Absolutely. Yeah, so the whole argument about punishing teams because they're playing or they're beating uh, uncompetitive teams – these are still professional football players. Right. These are still the best of the best. And on, you know, had the Redskins gone out last Sunday beating the Patriots, because it was looking for a while, like the Patriots were going to have trouble scoring. Redskins broke off a huge play, much like the Giants did last night. Right. And it was, oh, well, maybe there's some cracks there. And then they, you know, they took control and they did what they had to do. But nobody would have been talking about, oh, this mediocre team. You know, it would have been out oh, the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots can't do it. They can't get it done now. They can't be bad teams. It, it, it's a tired argument. It is. It just, just your team. If you're whatever fan you are of, your team just needs to go out and win the games each and every week, the best they can. But if you're an elite team, you go win the games you're supposed to win, and then you're competitive, or you win the games against. Comparable competition. If Patriots go out and lose to Kansas City, it's losing to Kansas City upper echelon team. If the 49ers go out and face Seattle in Week 10 and they lose, 
that's good competition. But then if they beat them week 17, again, that's beating good competition. But they go out and lambaste Pittsburgh Steelers because Pittsburgh isn't very good right now because of their quarterback situation. Um, it just seems throw away the argument of playing your schedule. Because to your point, each year is different. Mm-hmm. Take the AFC South or NFC South, for instance. You can mark it on the calendar each year. Each the, the winner of that division almost always changes each and every year. Right. One year you had the Panthers against the Broncos in the Super Bowl. The following year was the Patriots against the Falcons. And what have those two teams done since? That's like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. So you just you just can't take it year by year. Look at the teams that San Francisco has defeated, which is all of them they've played, hence the undefeated. Right. Tampa Bay to start right. at Tampa Bay. Supposed to be a much improved team. Bruce Arians going to go in there and change the culture. And it looks like the last few weeks he has. Right. So I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize there. But, I mean, they have shown that they're a good team with some very good defensive players. San Francisco beat them. Yeah. Cincinnati, uh, they're kind of a punching bag. That's kind of like a second bye week for everybody, honestly. Right. Sorry, Bengals fans. Nothing personal. I have nothing personal against any team. Well, maybe one or two. <laughs> but uh, not on this show. That's only outside in real life. Steelers were supposed to be just as good as they were last year. But you can't, you can't avoid the fact that they lost Ben. Right. I mean, injuries happened. It was not the same team. But everything else, it was still supposed to be – Everybody can't hype up how this team's going to be better without Antonio Brown and better without Le'Veon Bell. And when as soon as an injury happens, it'll be a big one to Roethlisberger. Right. I grant you that. You can't be like, oh, well, well, they're a terrible team now. Everybody should beat them. They should be 0-16. Well, no, that's not how it works. Like, Roethlisberger doesn't play defense. Right. They've been stocking that defense the past two, three seasons with upper echelon talent and they're first still and losing second rounds. Right. And they're still losing. Ben Roethlisberger, they said Roethlisberger, Brown, and Bell do not play defense. So, nothing that happened should have affected them. So, I mean, as far as them losing goes... And then they beat, the, they beat the Super Bowl favorites. <laughs> yeah, the Cleveland Browns, the uncrowned Super Bowl champions, <laughs> who have been a major disappointment. Got Honestly, I got a feel for their fans, too, because some of the most loyal fans you're ever going to find, and they thought they... And they still might. Browns can turn it around. It's only week six. Yeah, they can. Not, not by any means putting a nail in the coffin there, but they have definitely underperformed. From the word go, San Fran owned them. I think the, the point has been made that the amount of first-round talent they invested in that defensive line is now showing. They're just putting it together. And Jimmy, believe it or not, was stunning, stunning stat. Baker Mayfield started more games than Jimmy G. Well, yeah, Baker Mayfield and Darius ACL. Missing the entire season. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that's... But, but if you look at it, you know... It, Jimmy's been in the league for quite a few years, and it's yeah. A, I mean, I get that, but uh, yeah. I'm, I, I just just um, added point to it that you know he's still growing as a starter quarterback. Starting oh, as far as that argument, yeah, absolutely, yes. yeah, no, so, yeah, for sure. I I just I just feel like this is a team on the rise, and if they can keep it together. And I'm talking about t- top to bottom, like ownership down. If they could just keep it together, you're building what you want to build as a franchise. And you'll be able to sustain success 
the route. You just got to make the smart free agent moves and continue to draft well. Because, uh, I mean, Seattle's not going to go anywhere, and you don't know what Arizona's going to do. Uh, you don't want I don't want to say they're on the rise because they're at the bottom of the league, in my opinion. But they could be. They could be. And the Rams, my opinion on Jared Goff is shaky. I just don't know. Give it a couple more years, and you might start seeing those big contracts start to affect the product in the field. Like what happened with Seattle. Mm-hmm. When they hit that wall and they paid Russell Wilson that first time, it started to affect the talent on the field. Yeah, well, I mean, it would have to because you didn't, now you have an elite franchise quarterback that's going to take at least two to three guys off of defense to pay them. I mean, honestly. So my only concern with San Fran at this point, and we'll see as the time goes on how they adjust. They lost use check four to six weeks. They're fullback. And they use them kind of on par with how Bill uses James Devlin. And he was trying to use with uh, Jakob Johnson. Uh, both have now been placed on IR. Um, fortunately, use checks only out for four to six weeks. But how does losing your fullback, your lead, your your lead blocker, affect? Because week one, they didn't have use check, and Burita did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Now he he was back, and Burita missed one game. It wasn't last week, but the week before he missed one game. And his replacements, Moster, Jackson, and Coleman, I think, they, they comboed together to put together a good game. Well, the entire team missed the week before because that was their bye week. I just want to see, I want to see what they can do because the Rams have a solid defense. They have the best defensive player in the league in, in Aaron Donald. Khalil Max on line one. It's debatable. Um I won't argue either. I take either one if he tapped on Mandis Toter to build a defense on the ground up and you give me either one, I wouldn't mind. So Right. Uh, I just want to see what use check how what with use check out, what it what happens to that San Francisco offense. I don't think it'll change on defense, but as you know, if your offense can't produce anything, your defense is going to start feeling the pain of being on the field too long. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I mean, yeah, defensively, that obviously won't affect the game plan as long as it doesn't get excessive with the time of possession differential. Uh, I I think they'll be okay. I really do. I, I, you know, obviously, he's a huge – fullback is a huge part of that running game. But I think having two or three backs that can really run, you could see some two running back sets, and the defense isn't going to know where to go. Especially if they get McKittle involved more and they can stretch the field. That offense can be really dangerous. You can say Garoppolo doesn't throw for many yards or he isn't the passing game isn't all that great. It hasn't had to be. No, it hasn't had to be. It hasn't had to be when you can just insert anybody seemingly at running back. And I don't mean in a disparaging way that those guys aren't talented. I'm just saying whatever they're doing there in San Francisco for the running game is working like a charm. It is just uh, nobody can stop them. It's clear when they made the decision to sign Kyle Shanahan after the Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl. It was a long road to get to this point. And and it 
I believe it would have been a longer road, except Belichick decided to grace the 49ers with only having to surrender a second-round pick for Jimmy, Dr- Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think yeah, that, I still wish he could have got it first for him. I wish. Yeah. It, it should have. And he probably could have picked the Cleveland Browns clean. But we'll never know the real reason behind that. I just think that sped up the timeline because I think Kyle Shanahan would have went into that draft. Um, don't have the names off the top of my head. But he would have went in that draft and found his quarterback that he wanted. But now they're at the point where Jimmy can stay on the field and they could have a cohesive offense. And realistically, all they need is one more weapon in that passing game that's better than good because their best receiver is Pettis. Well, no, their best receiver is George Kittle. All right. Best receiver, not, not – By Pettis. traditional position. Traditional yeah. receiver okay. is is Dante Pettis. <laughs> Maybe Devin Coleman. <laughs> Might be difficult. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. No, yeah, no. I mean, I think they do have a lot of talent on receiver there. They really do. I think they don't have that one dominant. Talent. No, they haven't. But they haven't had to really carve out those roles yet because the running game has been so good. I think that'll become a little bit more clear as the season goes on. But there's worse things in the world than having three or four good receivers as opposed to one great one and then a couple of, you know, pretty much practice squad guys. Right. So, um, I mean. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're for real. I wouldn't be surprised to see that team 12 and 4, 13 and 3. Possibly even better. I don't know. But that oh. defense, you never know. They have a lot of division games. They have both games against Rams and Seahawks uh, in the and the Cardinals all in the rest of the season. So, this is where they're going to make their hay if they're going to stamp their name on this division and say we're going to win it and be first or second seed in the playoffs. Well, from competitive teams, let's talk competitive divisions. In your mind, who is or what is the most competitive division in the NFL? So are we defining competitive as two teams or three teams in that division? Whole division. Top to, top to bottom. It's rare. Usually you don't have four no, teams. as the AFC East has proven. And NFC East, actually. Any, anything in the East, anything in the East, East has, has flaws. Yeah. I have to see the AFC South. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, you have now not all the teams are above five hundred, but you have two teams, three and two, in the Texans and the Colts. You have two teams that are two and three in the Jaguars and tight end, uh, Titans. Um, I think that the Texans are for real because of that Watson Hopkins connection plus Fuller staying healthy. They have Stills. Um, Hyde's, Hyde's, uh, Carlos Hyde's proven that he's a pretty decent back. Uh, it's that bad old line that's going to kill him. Is if they continue to leak like they do, Watson's not going to make the season. Um, I think the Colts with Brissett and Mack as like a solid base. And that offensive line. And the offensive line. God, it's I ridiculous. Mean, I know on the telecast last week they, they praised him a lot, but I'll, I'll continue that narrative. They, they, they deserve the praise. Chris Ballard has built smartly, too, a nice offensive line to support. It was supposed to support Andrew Luck, but it's going to support Jacoby Brissett. Um, they're balanced on offense. They have a nice balanced team in general all around. Uh, their defense is well-drafted. They even, they're even down players last week. Their stud middle linebacker, who was a defensive rookie last year, 
was out, and they still beat the Chiefs. Um, so I think the only thing Arrowhead, mind you, in Arrowhead, in Arrowhead that's right. No ECT. Uh, I do think the only thing that's going to stop them is, is injuries. Uh, Jacksonville, Gardner Mitchell, you can't deny what he's the magic done. mustache. Um, has it been perfect? No, but the guy has come in and he's made some wicked plays and kept his team in every game. The only thing that's going to derail them is Jalen Ramsey. And it, it brought them together that one week where he played and they came together and won. But then after that, it's just excuse after excuse after excuse. Well, supposedly Jaguars ownership has met with Jalen Ramsey and they've cleared the air. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. They're apparently, you know, we don't know. Does he want to be there? Does he still want to trade? Was he heat of the moment? Was he just upset? Are they trying to get other teams to bump up their offer? And then we talked a few weeks ago about, obviously, since it's the first episode, it was not on a podcast. Right. We talked about, I told you I'd heard Baltimore Ravens offering a first and a second. And a tight end, right? And a tight end for him. And they declined. Now, I don't know if that's 100% true. I'm not an insider. We're just a couple of fans who really love football. However, if that is true and they turn that down, that's they're not going to get a better offer than that. No. They're just not... Uh, Hayden Hurst, that's the tight end. Hayden Hurst, yeah. uh, they offered. I, I, you're just not going to get a better offer than that. So they're clearly, they seem to be, we're keeping them. That's it. And, I mean, that's fine too. I mean, you can't blame a franchise for wanting to keep a stud player like Ramsey. As far as Minshew goes, the kids just got something. Us. Everybody sat there and they looked at the mustache and they heard about his bizarre pregame stretching ritual. I don't want to go into Not that. getting into it. We're not getting into <laughs> We're not getting into too that. much for me, though. Look into yourself if you want to. Uh, I wouldn't advise eating while you do. But, yeah, it was funny and ha-ha, he's got the mustache and he's kind of an out-there guy and this and that. Yeah, yeah, you know what? He's legit, though. Yeah. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No. Well, I don't know if he ever will be. Is he an elite quarterback? Not right now. But, man, he's a rookie who has gone out and beat some really good teams. Denver in Denver? Denver is not easy to win for no matter what team they throw out there. And I know they're what? They have one win? Denver, yes. One win. They're, no matter what what team they put out there every year, they're, they're teams that go to Denver and just have a problem. Yes. Even in division, when – you got players that have played against the Denver each and every year. They still have problems going into Denver. And they were down. They've been 14 or 17 points in that game. And for him to lead them back against uh, against that defense, now they're not what they were a couple of years ago, but there's still some very formidable players on that defense. Right. It's, I think you're going – you see a situation now with Minshew and Nick Foles as you saw Russell Wilson's rookie year. When Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn came in, Seahawks paid him that money to come in, and they then he, he got hurt. And they're like, oh, we're going to stick this Russell Wilson kid in there. And Matt Flynn, I don't believe, ever played another down for the Seahawks again because they found their guy in Russell Wilson. Correct. This could very well be a situation like that where not Nick Foles' fault, obviously. He got injured. He certainly didn't want that. No. But, man, is Nick Foles on this team next year if Minshew keeps playing like this? Uh, I don't think he's a starter even when he's healthy. I, do, I just uh, – I'd have to look at the dollar value because if it's if it's cost prohibitive for them to 
it's cost prohibitive for them to cut him, then I don't. Uh, I think he'll be on the team. Could you trade him? Could. Maybe if Miami doesn't get too old, like they're obviously attempting to do with Tank, with uh, the Tank Tank Ball this weekend. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, I mean, <laughs> and AFC South. If you're all done with your uh, layout of the AFC, I just want to touch on the uh, Titans real quick. Um, That's right. I got distracted by uh, Gardner's magnificent mustache. They they have a top defense. Uh, I don't think anyone can question that, especially with their head coach um, going that direction. Uh, the only concern is Mariano Henry inconsistencies um, as far as performance because. Mariota, you, Mar- you don't know what you're going to get from him. Henry, he's had three game, good games in his oh, career, and that's it. We'll be talking about Derrick Henry later on towards the end of the show. <laughs> and then uh, they have, clearly have a kicker issue because he went out and missed four field goals. Mariota pounded the table on Sunday saying, we're, we're staying with him. Monday morning they cut Well, Mariota's not the head coach, so or the, or the team owner. Yeah, true. Um, it's it's nice of him to show you know to go out there and and to show support. And, and to bat for his his teammate and, and show support. I'm not knocking that. That's actually a really good quality and a, and a leader. Right. But unfortunately for Marcus Mariota, he does not make the personnel decisions. So somebody overruled him apparently. Uh, so I'll just cap it off with um, just to clean up your point. Um, they'll have to keep Nick Foles for next year. Uh, and then they'll be able to spread uh, 12.5 after next year of dead cap between two years. So uh, if they cut him next year, that'd be 33 million on the uh, 33 million dead dead cap. Yeah, they don't want that. That's for sure. So, so well, I mean, you're, you're you're not paying Gardner. He's just, he was a sixth round pick, I believe. So you're not you're not paying him. Yeah, you know, what good quarterback? They can ever, keep they can what, keep Nick Foles for one season. Good quarterback has ever been drafted in the sixth round. Um, so I mean, you could. Obviously, you could keep him for a few seasons too, because you're not going to have to pay him for a few years no. if he ends up if he ends up really developing into something really really special. Which I, you, know, you don't want to jump the gun. It's been four or five starts, but I could really see that happening with this kid. I really think he's good. He'd be a really solid quarterback. Yeah. Um, it just wouldn't make sense. Honestly, it just wouldn't make sense to. Even, no, not with that kind of dead cap. There's no way. No. Even to cut him at all. I mean, it just makes sense to just write out the contract and and be done with it. Then you're, you're kind of crippling your team. Just to cut a good the, player the money, doesn't make money, any sense. Right, the money doesn't make sense, and then you're going to sign a backup quarterback to Gardner Minshew, but you want to want some experienced. So guess what? Experienced quarterbacks cost. Yeah, they cost a little bit more. And if you're not going to have to pay Gardner for a few years, you may yeah, as well give that money your, to Foles. There's your, yeah, there's yeah. your starter money. Right. As a backup, right. And then you have your starter as. And I mean, I just can't see a situation where he comes, where, where Foles comes back, and Minshew's not the start. I, I don't. I don't. This is this, this team is, is rallied around him. I mean, they're. For God's sake, man! They're, in Jacksonville, they're handing out mustaches at games because every kind of mustache. I told you about that package, right? Every kind of mustache nickname in the world has caught on. I told you about that package they offered. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the one where where they're offering shades and, and and mustaches with tickets to the game, and you get a pit, you can get a picture uh, with Gardner Minshew, and it ranges from like sixty dollars to three hundred dollars. Jacksonville is ching 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 making oh, yeah. money on this deal. Yeah. So anything they lose in, in Nick Foles, they're currently making with Gardner Minshew with this whole fad, and they're gonna 
and, and kudos to Jacksonville for doing this. Do it while you can because yeah. if he – if he rips off three, four straight losses, that and magic, terrible. Yeah, the magic gone. Yeah, exactly. But they they have they have Saints, Bengals, Jets, Texans up next. So I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, and they lost to the Christian McCaffrey's last weekend. So it's like, that's it's a tight game too. Yeah, tight game when he was just going nuts. So I mean, so let me ask you a question. What's that? What division would you pick? Not yours. Really? Yes. I'm going to go. Division, what other division out there, top to bottom, is good enough? To when, when we when we talked about doing this as a segment, mm-hmm. I thought, without a doubt, we were both going to agree on what I the division that I picked. Right. NFC South. You make a compelling argument. Those are four really good teams, up and coming teams, a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, well built teams. It's not the NFC North, though. And that's going to be my pick for the top division in football right now. Interesting. Every team above 500. Forget your little two and three teams that you have on your side. One of your teams has a tie, though. That's okay. With a very, very talented up-and-coming Cardinals team. The Packers lead the division 4-1. The the new-look Packers, mind you. Maybe not personnel-wise, but... They're not winning the same way they did in the past where Aaron Rodgers throws for 450 yards and four touchdowns every game. They're winning on defense, and they're running the ball, and Rodgers is still doing his thing here and there. But they won very convincingly last weekend, and Rodgers had 176 passing yards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you – Nice Dak help, though. Sure. But if you see Packers score the kind of points he scored last weekend, and then you say, well, Aaron Rodgers must have had a monster game. 176 yards because Aaron Jones, who I'm, I'm still not convinced is, is as good as he played last weekend. Right. Four rushing touchdowns. The defense played very well. Yeah, a couple slip-ups towards the end. But, I mean, that's a talented Cowboys offense also. So. Right. Yeah. The Lions, I mean, they're not world beaters, but no. they win games. They came very close to being 3-0-1. Only Mahomes... And his ridiculous no-look behind the back doing a 360 spin while ordering a soda at the concession stand throw saved them. And if it wasn't for that, they're 3-0-1. And, you know, you have a lot of really, lot of young talent. Kenny Galladay is... Probably my favorite up-and-coming. He is the most untalked about good receiver in football. By far. I don't know why, because Matthew Stafford is a very good quarterback. He is. Uh, they have, I mean, he's good. Marvin Jones is no slouch. No. Carry uh, on Johnson, I don't know. If they need to use him properly. Yeah. Because if they use him properly, he's a top ten running back all day. Yeah. You could all see, day. You could see him, if, if they prove that he's the talent that he is, you could see him in drafts next year getting first-round love. Absolutely. He, he's that good. And with those receivers I mentioned, on top of a, a very good rookie tight end. Oh, T.J. Hawkins. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's on the field, inconsistent but so far this year, but he's a rookie, and he's yeah. showing flashes, and I think he's got you know really good there. Stafford, ironically, had his best game of the season in a loss, statistically. Yeah. But uh, he seems to 
be much better than he was last year. But, I mean, again, with the reports, he had broken bones in his back. Plus, his, you, plus the issue with his wife. Yeah. You certainly can't fault the guy for being distracted. No. Uh, the Bears, I mean, that defense is scary. I don't. I don't care what happened in London. I was just gonna say. London is opposite day <laughs> over there. How many times? Remember a couple of years ago when Jacksonville was god awful and yep. over and put forty four up on mm. on the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who were an extremely good team at that time, yep. especially on defense. Can't and explain it. You cannot explain it. Teams go to London, and I am scared to death this week. I have Christian McCaffrey in my fantasy team, and he's like my stud cornerstone player, and he's playing in London this week. So I'm I'm preparing for a nineteen rushes for negative three yards performance. Well, it's, it's, it's to the point I made to you before, and I'm crossing sports here. When the Yankees and the Red Sox played in London this past season, two games, they put up like 50 runs. Yeah, just weird stats over, and I don't know what it is if it's... Well, it was a spin on the ball there, so could there be something in the air that helps the... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they'd have to do studies to see. It's a brand new stadium. They're not using the one they usually use. I don't remember what it's called. But they're using this new stadium that was built for the soccer team there. And it seems like you just go to London and, hey, just throw everything out the window because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I <laughs> And I'll tell you who would hate that. Mr. One Bill Belichick. He would hate to go to London and not be able to control everything, which I think they do this year. No, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. I think I think they can. So you tell uh, me that would be the aberration, the Patriots. Well, I'm not saying that. I mean, but it's just not not just them, but I think well-coached teams. Okay, that's fair. Look, I mean, the Bears, the Bears somehow came back last week, almost pulled it off. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like the Raiders went out there. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a Raiders route. Right. But I mean, they got off to a hot start. They kind of had the Bears on their heels. Then their defense hung in, and the Raiders, led by their extremely talented young running back. I mean, he. Who would have ever thought that kid would have that kind of performance? And I'm talking, of course, about Josh Johnson. I wouldn't have. I mean... Josh Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs, Jesus. Wrong name, obviously. Josh Jacobs. Sorry. I mean, I remember... We're sitting. You were you were laughing at me because I was going to start him. Right. And I'm like, ah, I, I have to. I have to. Like, I don't have any other talent at running back. I need to put somebody in. And then what, was it, what was I saying later in the day? You should have put him in, yeah. But I can't. I can't claim that that was some kind of super. Oh, he's going to go. I had no faith that he was going to do that performance he had. Not because he's not talented, because that Bears defense is so good. The offense is also on the field sometimes. Um, <laughs> speaking of offenses and offensive quarterback play, the Vikings, who are three and two, thanks in part to that defense and an overwhelming abundance of talent. In spite of the quarterback, I... There's actually an article on, I think it's ESPN.com. They're winning, uh, there's an ex-player uh, that, that basically said that they're winning in spite of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, because Dal- Dalvin Cook's a phenom. Right. Adam Thielen is an outstanding receiver. Stefan Diggs is too. 
They have the stud tight end that they're not using. Exactly, who was, I mean, a couple years ago was a top contributing tight end, and all of a sudden he just disappeared. Is it because he isn't talented anymore? No, it's not because he's not talented anymore. Because the guy throwing the ball either has to throw 60 yards downfield. Kirk Cousins is just 10 years, is Baker Mayfield in the future 10 years? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, as if Baker keeps going the same route. It's when he wins, he's loud, he's boisterous, he's this and he's that, and you know everything. And nobody can criticize him. Nobody have a problem with him. Right. He acts like he's won 15 Super Bowls when the guy hasn't even won a playoff game. But when he loses, and when he lo- yeah, and it's it's keep going this route, and you're going to see Baker, you know, Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins comparisons, and, and nobody wants that. Wow, that's a statement. And they can't even move on from him um, next season because guaranteed. Hundred percent guaranteed. Hundred percent guaranteed. What was it? I think it was three for eighty-four. Yes, three for eighty-four. Um, <laughs> all eighty-four. All eighty-four guaranteed. Ad signing. Yep. Now, obviously, they break it up in paychecks. Well, of course. Over the over the seasons, but. But they can cut them if they want to, but they're still paying them. But I mean, <laughs> honestly, man, what did Case Keenum sign for that year? Because I by no means am saying that Case Keenum is a top quarterback. But the offense worked. The off- He fit with that offense. It worked. It ran smoothly with him. His play style functioned well with the offensive line, with the running back. He didn't even have Davin Cook last year. No, well, or his last year. Excuse me. It was two years ago. He had, he had Dalvin for... It was two games? Maybe. Yeah. and he, I mean, Dalvin looked phenomenal like he always does when he's on the football field. Right. I mean, he was fine with Thielen. He was fine with Diggs. I believe he used the tight end pretty effectively. But instead, nope. Um, we're, we're, we're not going to pay Keenum. We have to bring in Kirk Cousins. Fully guaranteed. They want an upgrade. Yeah, well. They saw the shiny new toy, and they said, ooh, we want that. Now they're paying for it. Yeah, literally. Because now they're going to look at, look at next year and say, are we going to be able to improve this team if we don't go anywhere because I don't know if they're going to go anywhere in this division. And they're going to say no because they have to pay Kirk Cousins $31 million next year. Here's the thing with that division, though. They all play each other so competitively. Right. So competitively. Even with Cousins, apparent struggles. I mean, yeah, last week he had a great game because – Everybody on the offense pretty much called them out, <laughs> and rightfully so. Well, yeah. You have guys who are who are like Thielen that never talks, and, and yeah, we know Diggs can be a little boisterous, but I mean, I, I would have said if Kyle Rudolph had said something, that would even be a louder statement. Oh yeah, about the playing abilities of Kirk Cousins. But when you have Thielen, Diggs saying something. And even though it's wide receivers, it's two wide receivers. And then go look at the stat board. Wasn't that great. And they lost. Then they come back this this past week. Dillon has a good game. Diggs is eh, but he's happy for the win. And Cal- uh, Dalvin Cook's Dalvin Cook. Well, Dillon's happy. He had a monster game and a win. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. He's going to be quiet now. Right. Squeaky Will gets the grease. And I don't, I don't blame him because, you know, those guys are out there putting it on the line. And Cousins is throwing it five yards to the left of them. But they're still getting hit. They're still getting knocked around. And you got Cousins with his 
It's, oh, golly, jeez, I missed it again. The um, reminiscent of the aw shucks Manning? The Manning face, yes. Disappointed Manning face. Oh, aw shucks, guys. Well, I'll say this much. We almost got it. Well, I'll say this much. Uh, Despite how much we love to laugh at that aw shucks Manning face, those faces won four rings, so combined. And uh, that's, that's four more rings than I believe Kirk Cousins has playoff wins. That is true. So... You know, maybe he'd do good to have that all shucks face. <laughs> um, you know what? Speaking of your, I, I can't discount the NFC North as the most competitive because you make great points about up and down what they got going on. Um, and much like, and much like the AFC South, they're gonna play each other. Right. Right. Um, I think it's time for uh, Banker Tank. Yeah, Banker Tank. All right. So, so what we do here, just to educate people, uh, we pick three players bank that you can bank on, uh, three players you, that we feel are going to tank. And when we mean Banker Tank, that means if they're going to bank, they're going to hit the at least the projection. Um, I go off ESPN. Um, and then if they tank, that means they we think they'll go below their projection. Uh, we'll pick a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a running back. So, uh, your, bank, you your, uh, your quarterback, Ben. Your bank quarterback this week. Who you got? I'm going with Deshaun Watson against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, their defensive, the Chiefs' defensive line is, is is hurting a little bit. They lost two players last week, and they already had someone out. Um, so I think even though Texans' offensive line is, is shady, I think they'll put up the points. Um, two, what do you got for quarterback? I have Lamar Jackson. Ooh, good choice. A little bounce back week. Although last week wasn't all that bad, but considering what he had done, right, was a bit of a struggle for him against at home against Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals are just what any player needs to heal previous week woes. And Lamar is super talented. I don't know if he's going to throw for it or run for it, but there's going to be some combination of that that is going to make you very, very grateful for starting Lamar Jackson this week. And even if you're not into fantasy, which shame on you, uh, he's just going to – it's going to be impressive regardless. I, I, I really think it may not be exactly the stat line from me one against Miami, but he's going to put up big numbers this week. He's either going to throw for 303 or rush for 120 and three. He's he's going to have some kind of ridiculous number. So at that, I, I would start him all day without hesitation. I'm going to go my running back, Miles Sanders. Now, I know oh, I, I've played, yeah, that okay. card, I played that card before yeah. on, on bank, and I'm beating that drum. Um, but they're out. Sproles is out. So with Sproles out, any carries he was picking up goes to Sanders. And Jordan Howard's not what you would call a receiving back. So I just think in the cumulative, he's going to get enough points to make you respectable double digits as an RB2 or a flex player. I'll only say this. I think Miles Sanders is incredibly talented, so I could definitely see that happening. I'm not on the inside of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. I have not seen Miles Sanders' medical charts. But for some reason, Doug Peterson must have seen something 
in his medical report that makes him believe Miles Sanders is allergic to the red zone. That's possible. Because every time they get within the 20-yard line, Miles Sanders is, I mean, he couldn't be any more on that bench if he had cinder blocks tied to his ankles. <laughs> and, just, and they use the Avers one Darren Sproles in the red Yeah, zone. which, like you said, they won't have him this week. And Jordan Howard, I've always thought he was a much better running back than he got credit for. Right. So I'm not surprised you're using him. But just not even mixing it up, not nothing. We're on the goal line. It's Jordan Howard, and that's it. It's like, wow, man, okay, this doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, I, I just think he'll get enough. He'll get enough to satiate your sure your team as an RB two or a flex player, even though they're going against Minnesota. We know what Minnesota has for defense. My running back bank is Chris Carson. He's been very solid all year, so it's not exactly a stretch. Yeah, but I think going against Cleveland. And their line that really, really enjoys blitzing, especially Miles Garrett. Yes. If he can get past that first wave, he can break off some really nice runs. This realistically could be Chris Carson's best game of the season. Yeah. I could see him going for 100, 140 and two touchdowns as far as receiving. Wow. They're going to pound that ball. Against Cleveland. It's in Cleveland, so the Browns won't win. Because they, they seem to be, although they, they broke that streak by being horrible in San Fran last week. Yes. But, I, yeah, I would – I would. you weren't benching Chris Carson anyways, but I just see him having a monster week, well above his projected stat line. Start him. Don't hesitate. Cleveland's defense is good, but Chris Carson's better. It's middle. I would say, looking at the stats, um, they're middle of the road. Uh, I only know this is because my next player is a Seahawk. Uh, I have DK Metcalf as my wide receiver. Uh, that kid's made some plays this year. He's looked really he's good. He's a red zone threat. He's a threat anywhere. True. Um, and he just... Cleveland... They're starting to turn. The, pump, the, the pumpkin's starting to turn. Uh, and they're just – they still don't have their full complement of corners. They're still down, I believe, both Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. Their two, two draft picks in the previous two years um, that are supposed to be studs, and they're not playing. So I just think there's going to be a matchup nightmare for the Cleveland Browns, especially in the red zone. And to your point, I mean, this could piggyback Chris Carson just because if Carson could break one out, but maybe not get in the end zone, then you're looking at a possible DK mad pass. I think Disley will have a good week. I'm not discounting him because I think he will. I just think as far as wide receiver receiver depth um, and the fact that there's four teams on bye, DK Madcalf might be someone you want to look at for your receiver. Well, I'll tell you this. As a, as a fantasy owner of Chris Carson, you can have DK Metcalf catch the ball all over, all over the field, be down at the one, and just have Carson just keep running that ball. That, that is possible. Touchdown. That is possible. And I'm fine with that. Let, let Chris Carson have nine rushes for six yards and four touchdowns. I'm more than happy with that. I'm cool. My receiver actually plays off your quarterback. Oh, yeah? I, this is the week. Well, he had a really good week in week one, too. Or also, 
But DeAndre Hopkins is going to break out of his slump. When you're confident because why? Because the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't stop Jacoby Brissett and that offense. There is absolutely no way with the injuries they have, they put up any kind of – there's going to be over 100 points scored in this game. There should be. It's going to be ridiculous. Watch it be like 10-7. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be, though. It'll be 10-7 within the first five minutes of the game. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be – Mahomes and Watson, if they're healthy, all game, both guys are going over 400 yards passing. I can see that happening. It's just going to be – and I got nothing riding on this. I just think it's going to be one of those games with monster stat lines. There could be a 1,000 yards of total offense. I don't think you're going to see – a whole lot of running in this game, other than running the score up. Yeah. Hopkins is going to be what you drafted him to be this week. He's going to be the guy you build your offense around. There's a reason he should have been the first receiver off the board. Uh, he, he was in the league where I picked him at number five. He is a monster. He's. I know you can argue, look at the stats now. For my money, on an even playing field, DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the game. And he's going to prove it why this weekend. He's going he's gonna to do this week what Will Fuller did last week. Okay. Uh, I can't dispute that because that defense, both defenses are horrible. But especially with Kansas City, as I pointed out earlier, their defense line is, is shredded right now with injuries. Now we go to Tank. Yeah, on to the negative. So, <clears throat> my quarterback, I had a little conversation with someone online yesterday about my Tank player. I, I, I disagree with you, and I agree with the uh, online fan as well. Okay. My Tank player is Jared Goff. He's facing the San Francisco 49ers. And my belief is is that, that San Francisco defense is going to do again what they did to Cleveland this week. They're going to harass Jared Goff in the backfield, and they're going to make his life absolutely a nightmare. And when McVay can't diagnose the defense in that short time frame he has before the radio shut off, and this is not my opinion, this is fact. You can go multiple places and find it out. Sean McVay diagnoses the defense while... He's on the sideline and radios to Jared Goff where he should be looking. And when he can't do that, that's when you get that deer-in-the-headlight look from Jared Goff. And I believe that San Francisco's defense is going to do the same kind of stuff this weekend. Uh, they have that front, line, the front defensive line that is just nightmarish. And it seems like Richard Sherman has a little bit of reinvigoration in his game. I know I butchered the word, but you understand what I'm saying. Finally, yes. Uh, He is, (laughs) he seems to be playing up. He's understanding that defense more. So I think Jared Goff is just, he's just going to get beaten around a little much by that defense. I I agree to an extent he may not reach his uh, projected totals. I don't think he's going to by far be a bust. I think there's too much talent around him, despite despite the McVay giving him signals and things like that. And I, and I know that's legit that happens, or the play calls. Yeah. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, the running game. 
Niners aren't. If Todd Gurley doesn't start this weekend, San Fran is not going to know what to expect out of Daryl Henderson. They're not going to know. They haven't seen him yet. And that's a dangerous. Even for a good defense, that's dangerous for a player as explosive as Henderson. Now, Henderson can go out, and he's going to be the backup even if Gurley doesn't doesn't play. Because Malcolm Brown will be the starter. Right. But Henderson could go out and, and do like what Nick Chubb did last year when, when he got his first action. Right. Three, was, what was it, three rushes, like 160 yards or something and two yeah. touchdowns. He could do that, or he could get the ball ten times and rush for eight yards. Who knows? You don't know what to expect from the kid. You haven't seen him on the field yet. Right. I, I think that will benefit Goff because the defense is going to be a little off. I don't think he's going to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, not saying that by any means. I do think – I think I disagree with your pick as you're going to disagree with my pick. That's fair. So, on to that now. Yep. My pick to tank this week will be your cousin, Dak Prescott. How dare you? How dare you, sir? My cousin is a pure and great man. I have nothing against Dak Prescott whatsoever. I just think he's they've been struggling. Uh, they were three and zero on top of the world. Dak's going to get forty million dollars a year, and he'll what's Jerry do. doing, and this and that. He'll still do it. Oh, he'll still get paid for sure. But I mean, all I'm saying is that was part of it. Like that was three and zero, and look what he's doing to the offense and all this. And then the kind of the foot kind of came down, and it was okay, what's wrong with Dak? Nothing's wrong with Dak. He's fine. They're, they're, they just played a couple of teams that had, had their number, had better days than them. I'm not saying Dak is going to be embarrassed, but those first three weeks, how do you think in Dak, Dak Prescott, Doc Prescott, <laughs> that should be his nickname now, Dak Prescott was an upper echelon elite quarterback. Yeah, I think he's on his way there. Once he has the talent around him, which I, as we know, I don't, I don't discredit people for that. But he's not there yet, and there is some talent on that Jets defense. And even though they're in Dallas, I just think it's set up for. I don't think they lose this game, but with Sam Darnold coming back, the Jets are not going to be the lowly team that they were the first four weeks. They're going to be better. You're going to have to watch out for Robbie Anderson. You're going to have to watch out for Le'Veon Bellmore. This isn't going to be the let's go get a guaranteed win against the Jets team. Like they're, gonna, they're going to compete like they did week one against Buffalo. Right. So, But are they still missing uh, their defensive players? That's my question. Dallas? No. Um, the Jets. Maybe. I think, Maybe. It's more, I think it's more of Dak struggles and, and Dak has trouble – yeah, breaking are. out of slumps than it is the Jets playing them, but they, they, I mean they still have some talent on that defense. It's They're in, not what they were, you know, a couple years ago. But so it seems like they're getting their uh, first round pick back, their defensive lineman um, Quinn and Williams, uh, but CJ Mosley is listed doubtful. So my concern would be with CJ Mosley because, uh, as you know, the middle linebacker is the core of the defense, and if you don't have that signal caller, although they've been playing the past three weeks without him, look what they've been doing the past three weeks. Not a whole lot. Um, so this, this might be another controversial decision on my part, and this could backfire. It will. Um, but 
uh, as I stated before, there is a reasoning behind this. Uh, Matt Burita is my my banker, my uh, my tank player for the week at running back. Um, <clears throat> I know they're facing the Rams, and the Rams do have somewhat a good defensive line that's pretty good against the run. Um, they're missing Kyle Juszczyk, and as I stated before, I want to see what they do without Kyle Juszczyk mm-hmm. because week one they didn't do squat in the running game. He literally had, I think it was like 14 rushes for 27 yards. And the rest of the team didn't do much better. So I'm not going to, in a light week, if he's your RB1 or even RB2, you might might have some problems. If he's your flex player, you might be okay in that flex. But with four teams on bye, uh, it just doesn't bode well for – Many people to have that luxury to not play him um, because you got Chicago, Oakland, Indy on by, so you're missing three pretty decent running backs there on four if you count Tariq Cohen. Um, Buffalo's on by, so you got you don't you won't have Frank Gore, so that's that's a healthy amount of running backs not available. That being said, if you're resting your hopes on Maparita, I think it's going to fail. So that's kind of where I'm going with this tank, is if you're hoping for RB1, I just don't see you getting it. Until they figure out how they're going to play without how you check for the next four to six weeks. Yeah, uh, no use check will definitely affect them for sure. I think I think Burita and Coleman can both be RB2s this week, though, still, even without him. But like you said, your argument wasn't he was going to be god-awful. It was just he wasn't going to be what he had been the last few weeks. Right. So, Especially I, I could, week. yeah, He's not gonna be I could definitely see that happening. I know I, I know I just gave you a little bit of crap about, no, you will be wrong. But, no, that that, that makes a lot of sense. We know you use Jack. I mean, I, I think I, I've said it before, I think even earlier in this episode, yeah. I could see some two running back sets. I can see him putting Burita and Coleman both out there. Maybe not using one of them as a fullback if you want to get him hurt, but kind of confuse the defense a little bit. You yeah. can throw to both of them. They can both obviously run. Yeah. You can really do some interesting things. I think Kyle Shanahan is creative enough to make it work. You can run double wide receiver, uh, double running back screens. You, you can both run real routes, pulling that defense back, and then you can hit underneath passes with your wide receivers. There's a lot you can do with two wide, two running backs. I.e., what the Patriots can have done periodically through their history with guys like Shane Vereen and, and, and Deion Lewis, and now James White, Rex Perkett. Mm-hmm. There's a lot you can do. I mean, even. Atlanta did it sometimes with Devontae and, and, and Tedman. Right. When they were both healthy at the same time. Uh, so, yeah. I agree. But I just, just if you're looking for a RB1, Burita's not your guy. He's not the guy. Neither is this guy. My tank running back for the week. I said earlier in the show we would be talking about him again. And it is Derek Henry. Oof. I Oof. this is I'm gonna sound like I'm picking on this guy, and I know he's had some good games, some good games. I'm just not a believer. I I don't think. What is your problem with Henry? By the way, he's just inconsistent, and nothing. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe how I said like earlier, how Kenny Galladay is the most underappreciated good receiver. In football. Maybe I'm missing something here with Derrick Henry. The way some people miss things with Kenny Galladay. I don't know. I don't see it. He had – people were ready to to chase him out of town with pitchforks last year. Until the end of the season. Until he had his, the final three or four games of that season when he went off. 
and all of a sudden now he's a a, a, a top he's an RB one. He's a top two. He's a top you know first or second round draft pick in most fantasy fantasy leagues. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me right now? Mm-hmm. Is he going to have some big games? Absolutely. This Sunday against the Broncos in Denver will not be one of them. This will be reminiscent of the first twelve weeks of last season when people wanted him out of town. Oh yeah. He's going to be awful. And they really don't. Who is your receiver tank? Odell Beckham. You got. You got to think that's because of Baker, though, not him, right? It's Baker. Yeah. That is. This is. This decision is purely because the offense, uh, the OC and the head coach can't figure out how to use Odell, and now they're using Odell in end rounds, reverses, fly sweeps, double reverses. Uh, they're having him be a decoy in the backfield. And that's all well and good. And it, it worked last week. They got a nice big run with Nick Chubb having Odell in the backfield. He's going to get his clock cleaned at some point. And he's already got injury. He already has injury concerns to begin with. Right. This is nothing to do with Odell. This has everything to do with the fact that Kitchens and the OC cannot figure out how to get the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. And it stems from their inability to decide – as you point out, pretty much every week when we, when we see the Cleveland on the field, give the ball to Nick Chubb, establish the run, and off that you do play action. And then you'll hit Odell for your big plays. You have Baker hit the check down once in a while to make the defense respect the, 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 uh, the short pass. Yeah. Give the ball to Nick Chubb 20, 20 to 22 times a game. Throw some passes his way as well. The offense has to run through him. And if the offense runs through him, Odell is going to be a pro bowler again. But And there's also, just a side real quick, I don't know how serious it was. There was a rumor I heard on one of the shows I listened to that Odell is on the block. Do I believe it? No. No, I can't say but that. Yeah. You, you, you listen to it real quick and you say, okay, after, we, after the end of October, um, the Tuesday after week eight, We'll see where he's at. And then at that point, hopefully they figure out how to use this guy. But this is strictly because the past two weeks he's given fantasy owners five points average. And that's not good enough for uh, RW1. Yeah, Cleveland's had a lot of things to figure out before the team everyone thought they were. Yeah. Well, last but not least, my tank wide receiver is Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, that, in part, has to do with this quarterback as well. Your your favorite player, Mr. Carson Wentz. Because Carson Wentz is garbage. <laughs> Carson Wentz, okay, I'll okay, state this okay, again. Carson okay. Wentz cannot, and I refuse to allow him to bag my groceries. I see the smoke coming out of yours already. Talking about Carson Wentz. But continue, sir. He last couple of weeks, Wentz was the beneficiary of some timely turnovers from his defense, some poor play on the opposing offense. Last week, he did out three touchdown passes, only 160 passing yards. Two weeks ago, against the Packers, he's done enough, but he hasn't been special. And you're going to go against that Minnesota Vikings defense in Minnesota, and you think you're going to get by with 160 passing yards? Nope. No way. Because if the Minnesota offense does what they did last week, and they, they really have bounced back, and they really have come back. The Eagles are going to look like we all thought they were, but what, they, what we all thought they were after three or four weeks. Right. 
which is a struggling team that is not that good. All of a sudden, you have two decent performances in a row, and they're Super Bowl favorites again. I don't get it. And they're still without Deshaun Jackson. Right. And I just don't think with a running game that's kind of in the air, with Sproles being out, they don't really know apparently how to use Sanders. They have not figured it out yet. Even though he looks like the most talented running back on the field. No disrespect to Jordan Howard, who, like I said, I think he's always been underrated. Yeah. He's underrated the same way that Derrick Henry's overrated. I think I, I just don't see Philadelphia going in there and having anything resembling a big offensive day. I think they're going to come back down to earth. And I think you could see a very poor performance from Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. Who else are they going to throw it to? I mean, they have Kel- not Kelsey. <laughs> they have uh, Ertz. Zach, Zach Ertz. And then they have um, the other guy on the other side. Uh, Nelson Aguilar? Or is he out? Like I said, they have uh, oh. they have they have Zach Ertz. My apologies. Uh, and um, they have Alshon Jeffrey. But you know, it stems it stems all from one thing: is they're putting their faith in Carson Wentz, and that is a mistake. Against a good defense, he, he can go. He can go against Miami and put up three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Anybody can go against Miami and put That's up three. That's what I'm saying. But you're, I'm extending your point, but I'm also trashing on. Carson Wentz because I just don't think he's a good Aaron Rodgers had a mediocre day against the Vikings defense in Lambeau. You think Carson Wentz is going to go into Minnesota and put on an aerial show when they can't figure out how their running game is going to work and who's going to be who's going to have what role? I think he's going to see a doctor. I think he's I think Carson Wentz is going to be flying home after the game, crying in the back of the plane, wondering what just happened and why did I not pass for even 100 yards, much less the 300 yards he's going to need to win this game. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going under 100 yards. That's absurd. He'll hit 200 yards in a touchdown. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to be a, a blowout by any means. I have, I, have, I have as much confidence in Kirk Cousins as you have in Carson Wentz. I think the pieces around Kirk Cousins are far more talented and are going to are going to – Necessitate a lot of passing from the Eagles. Plus, their defense is ten times better. Yes, like I said, if the Vikings' offense of last week shows up, this it's going to be ugly really quick. Yes. And with that, we're going to wrap up episode number one. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you have not been scared away yet. We are going to get better and better as we go. We are just a couple of fans who love football and hope you enjoy what we're doing here. We'd love to hear from you on social media. Ben, tell them how they uh, can do that. You can hit us up on Gmail at Ben and Chris Talk Football. Uh, you can hit us on Twitter, Ben Chris F O one. That's capital F, lowercase O one. Uh, and then on Facebook, uh, we have our page, Facebook.com backslash Ben and Chris Talk Football. 